All right, welcome back, and thanks for joining us on Spiritual Crusades podcast channel. My name is Craig Conover, and definitely come and check us out on spiritualcrusade.com. You know, enjoy the content that we deliver on a daily basis. We are constantly putting out, you know, talks, quotes, memes, come follow me, lesson helps to assist you in your own spiritual journey back to Christ or coming unto Christ, and also in teaching your families. So definitely come and, and come back often. Today we're going to be talking about spiritual fortification. This is actually a talk that I wrote. Oh, let's see here. It was way back in, I think, uh, 2015. Yeah, uh, no, not 2015. Sorry, sorry. 2005. <laughs> so it's a few years ago, but but it's it's a really good good uh, talk and it really applies today um, as well. And so, you know, as you as we go through this podcast here today, if you feel that you were able to draw closer to your Savior and take away some some nuggets of truth, definitely come back and you know, or, or come and, and like us, follow us, subscribe. You know, we would love to, to have you on any of the social media. We're on, on Pinterest, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as well. So, all right, let's go ahead and get started. All right, spiritual fortification. You know, who are some of your spiritual heroes? We all have heroes. Let me tell you about one of mine. He is a man of such faith that he qualified through his own diligence and spirituality to bind Satan forever. I mean, isn't that not our, our goal here today, to bind Satan forever? As the true character of my hero, Captain Moroni, is unfolded, his vision and plan of fortification can be crucial to the creation of our vision of who we are and our plan of fortification to achieve and become that polished instrument in the Lord's hands. This vision and fortification must be a part of our entire spiritual and physical lives. But today, I will be focusing in part to the prevention and or stopping of impure thoughts and viewing of pornography. Captain Moroni is a man that through the Spirit and great planning organized a strategy of defense that he had, that had never been known or even entered into the mind of the people and was one of the major factors for the Nephites' preservation. He truly had fulfilled in his life the promise of the Lord found in Doctrine and Covenants 76.10, which says, For by my spirit will I enlighten them, and by my power will I make known unto them the secrets of my will. Yea, even those things which I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor yet entered into the heart of man. And let me just uh, side note here about this, this quote. I just absolutely love this scripture. I want to just kind of highlight a couple key things in there again. For by my spirit... Will I enlighten them? Now we're talking about the light of Christ and the Holy Ghost, right? The Holy Ghost operates through the light of Christ in most cases, and that's the spirit of Christ, right? the, light of the, the light of Christ that we have, right? It starts as our conscience and it expands. That light expands within us. 
I just love how it says that. For by my spirit will I enlighten them, and by by my power, right? There is power when we obey the spirit of God, when we obey the light of Christ that's within us, our light expands, and guess what? Our power expands as well because we're able to tap into more of his power, okay? And I, I just wanted to just kind of take a side note and really point that out because I think that's just so powerful. So anyway, continuing. He had the courage to stand for what he believed in and to lead his people to a victory that to many saw as impossible against an army of the Lamanites that were countless and a leader that regarded not the lives of his own people, but cared for his gain and the fulfillment of his designs. Yes, this hero and man of spiritual strength was Captain Moroni. And I wanted to just take a quick moment and actually share with you a couple scriptures talking about Moroni and also kind of the predicament that they were in and also about the fortifications that he had um, erected to protect them. So we're going we're gonna to be here in Alma 48, 7 through 10. Now it came to pass that while Amalekiah, you know, for those that don't know, Amalekiah was the wicked king of the Lamanites. So while Amalekiah had thus been obtaining power by fraud and deceit, Moroni, on the other hand, had been preparing the minds of the people to be faithful unto the Lord their God. So we have two distinct um, differences in, in uh, character, right? You've got Amalekiah, who said there, obtained power by fraud and deceit. You know, he murdered, <laughs> murdered the people to get to to where he was uh, and, it, the, and it murdered the, the second in command and the king of the Lamanites and did it very deceitfully and, and secretly and therefore obtained the power over the all of the Lamanites, um, which is crazy. But then Moroni, on the other hand, prepared the minds of the people to be faithful unto the Lord their God. And I want you to also think about this in terms of what we are going up against, what we're facing, right? The second coming is right around the corner. And you've got Satan who is obtaining, trying to attain power over us by fraud, by deceit, by his, his wicked and, uh, just, you know, conniving little mind <laughs> that, and, and tactics that he uses. And then you've got the Lord, of course, who's helping to prepare us spiritually, prepare our minds to be faithful unto him. Right? We have our prophets and, and things like that that are really helping us. So be thinking about that as, as we kind of go through this. No, verse 8, yea, and he had been strengthening the armies of the Nephites and erecting small forts or places of resort, throwing up banks of earth round about to enclose his armies and also building walls of stone to encircle them about, round about their cities and the borders of the lands. Yea, all round about the land. And then in some cities, he actually, instead of stone, they use timbers, uh, the, the height of a man. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing to see kind of what type of fortifications he erected. Pretty, pretty cool. Verse 9, And in their weakest fortifications, 
he did place the greatest number of men, and thus he did fortify and strengthen the land which was possessed by the Nephites. And think about that for a moment. What, what are our weakest spots? Right? Where do we need greater men and greater fortifications, right? Where do we need greater efforts to fortify and make our weakest areas <clears throat> our strongest? Okay? And then verse 10, And thus he was preparing to support their liberty, liberty, their lands, their wives, and their children, and their peace, and that they might live unto the Lord their God, and that they might obtain that which was called by their, their enemies the cause of Christians. So pretty, pretty awesome. And, 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 and just think about, as we go through this talk today, think about those fortifications that you need to put in place for yourself so that you can be able to come into Christ more powerfully than you ever have before. And, and think of it in terms of how can you make this next day, this next week, this next month, this next, the next year, the best day, week, month, year of your life in coming under Christ, right? Think about that and listen intently to the Spirit and to the, to the light of Christ within you and take note, pause this podcast, write down those thoughts, those impressions, because that is your walk and talk with the Lord. And that is your kind of mission to, to start putting those things in place and to take action in your life. So always be thinking about how can you take action right now, okay? Uh, okay, so kind of, that was kind of a side note. And then kind of going back to the, the talk here. I feel that under the direction of his Lord and our Lord, even Jesus Christ, he is now organizing an attack on wickedness. Our Savior, even at this very moment, is gathering out his elect <clears throat> because of this battle is coming, because this battle is coming. <clears throat> I will not go into great detail, but the Lord has unfolded to my mind some of the characteristics of this battle between the forces of good and evil. I have need to tremble for what I have seen. And my question to you is, what side you are going to be on? And let me pause for a moment there and just share with you, not, not in detail, but the Spirit has truly enlightened my mind and we, have, uh, we are facing some of the greatest, you know this through the prophet's words, we're facing some of the greatest times of wickedness ever. But we also are, are, have been given the greatest power of good ever. And I want you to think about what you have at your fingertips, right? The Lord has provided through our electronics, <laughs> through our phones, we have literally everything that we possibly could need to gain knowledge to come unto Christ. And yet Satan works harder and harder on us to, to distract us, right? Instead of pulling up scriptures on our phone, what do we do? We play a game. Or better, or, or worse yet, he might tempt us to do something else, okay, on the internet or whatever it may be. Okay? We need to really look at what we've been given. 
and then realize that we need to get down on our knees and we need to pray for greater strength and greater help to be able to focus more upon those things that are going to truly bless us and strengthen us so that we can be ready as, the, as our prophet has, has asked us to, to do, to join the Lord's battalion. And not just join it, but lead it, right? How can we be instrumental in that army for the Lord Jesus Christ? So anyway, just wanted to pause that for a second and kind of uh, talk about a couple things there. <clears throat> this is a battle that must be fought and we are a responsibility we as have a responsibility as disciples of our Lord and Savior to be clean and pure and not procrastinate the day of our probation. We have been held and preserved to come to earth in a day that the gospel has been restored in, in its fullness. In a day when evil is all around us. In a day that Satan has prepared for since the beginning and in a day that our influence, loyalty, strength, and faith is needed that last part's important we're not insignificant we are needed okay someone first of all needs your testimony not the prophets not the apostles not your parents your testimony you are the only one that can bring them to christ only if we are prepared Right? And to protect them against the onslaught of evil that's coming. We must raise the bar <clears throat> and become saints to the most high God. Or will by our own choice, we will by our own choice fall and follow that angel who fell before the presence of the eternal God. I propose that we grab our breastplate, shield, and sword and prepare for this battle. And, and, and do it like with, with enthusiasm, right? Do it with excitement, right? And like I said, not just to join, but to lead. How can you take a leading role in the battle? Now, we, we, we now must dig the trenches and build the breastwork of timber and rock that surrounds us and our families, even as Captain Moroni fortified every city in the land the evil, the enemy is even now, as we speak, preparing his army that is countless, both seen and unseen for battle. So our prophet talks about that we are supposed to, you know, obviously, uh, both on this side and, and on the other side of the veil, right? Remember, there's, there's two parties there. <laughs> there's the parties of righteousness and the parties of evil. So there are unseen and unseen forces that are are up against us and we need to realize that and counter that with even greater faith and greater determination right even praying for help to have powerful angels on your side to help you as you go through um, difficult trials in your life there are many ways that we can prepare ourselves and our families but with the closeness of the battle and the onslaught of evil that is about to come upon us we must do even as Moroni and devise a plan that will literally and spiritually defend against that which is about to come. 
And this plan is spiritual fortification. And with the plan comes a spiritual title of liberty that must be hung, even as Moroni instructed in every home of those that believe. Now, what's your title of liberty, right? I would even challenge you to take some time and write down what your title of liberty is and post it. Put it by your bedside, just like just like Moroni instructed. Hang it on every wall, right? I mean, put it out there. Put it on your phone. Put it on, on the, your lock screen on your phone, right? Get that, your own personal spiritual title of liberty in front of you and, and have it top of mind at all times. Also with this plan comes a new way of life, which will assist in our fortification and that of our families. This plan involves two parts, the vision and the fortification. And together we too can bind Satan, even as Captain Moroni did. All right, that's important. And, and at spiritualcrusade.com, we also provide a ponderized scripture every week. That's another really good way to get that spiritual fortification built up, right? And every single week I provide a lock screen version. So you can, in, you can put that on your lock screen on your phone or your iPad or, or tablet. And you can have that every week, have the, a, a powerful scripture with a picture associated with it every week, helping to protect you and to uh, be one of those fortifications that you put, you put up against evil. All right, let's talk about the vision now. Everything great that ever was accomplished first came with a vision. Thomas Edison knew that light could be harnessed and turned on or off. He might have found 2,000 ways that did not work, but he also found one way that did work. But that never would have happened if it was not for his vision of what could be. All right, think about it. Think about it in our own lives, right? Satan's going to work really, really hard to get us discouraged because we've tried to be good. We've tried to be good over and over again and failed. In our own mind, we failed, right? But remember, there is one sure way out of it, and that is through the atonement of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is an absolute sure way, proven way, the only way, the only name whereby salvation can come. And we need to remember that and turn to our Savior who will absolutely take us in, take us under his wings and heal us. I also know without a shadow of a doubt that the pioneers had planted within their hearts and mind the vision of the establishment of Zion and with that vision made their way to the Rocky Mountains. Captain Moroni took his coat and rent it and wrote the title of liberty upon it and knelt before God and pleaded with him that others would have the same vision he had of their liberty and freedom. He then stood on the hill and waved the title of liberty. Just think about this. Think about him, sorry. Think about him renting his coat, writing on it with, with such passion and with such desire and then standing and, and calling people to him 
right? Not to him, sorry, to this, the, to the title of liberty. I just, it just brings me to my knees so, so often. He stood on the hill and waved the title of liberty, and the Lord delivered, and, um, and many came running and covenanting to protect their families, homes, and religion. There's so much that we have to protect right now in the world. Look at the news. Look at our lives. So much that we have to protect our own selves, our families, our homes, and our religion. Do not be slothful. Do not be slothful. Come to that title of liberty. Come with eagerness, with desire, with passion to truly be a leader in the Lord's battalion. I guarantee Moroni and his people had a vision. And every day, day in and day out, they lived that vision in their minds. That is where the power comes. When the goal is no longer visible, we begin to fall. We must establish our vision and loyalty to our Savior. We do have to do it daily, right? Determine, decide today, every day, that you will be loyal to your Lord and your Savior, Jesus Christ. Take out a, pa a piece of paper and write down the questions that I will ask throughout this talk and then answer them. The first question is, who is that you would like to become? Who do you want to become? Right? What? is your potential and to pause this take time to write that down to answer that question the next step is planning and creating the fortification the fortification this applies to both physical and spiritual satan is targeting our homes as a means of destroying the family within our homes we have a tool of great worth if used properly but if it is not used properly, Satan has one of his greatest tools against the family, and that is the internet. Our prophet spoke to the brethren in priesthood 2004 and said, While the matter of which I speak is a problem then, it is a much more serious problem now. And remember, that's in 2004, right? Uh, we're, we're, it's, it's a lot bigger problem now. It grows increasingly worse. It is like a raging storm destroying individuals and families, utterly ruining what was once wholesome and beautiful. I speak of pornography <clears throat> in all of its manifestations. In the last, this last conference, which is not this last conference, this is <clears throat> back in 2005 when I wrote this, <laughs> Oak said, last summer, Sister Oaks and I returned from two years in the Philippines. We loved our service there, and we loved returning home. When we have been away, we see a, our surroundings in a new light, with increased appreciation and sometimes with new concerns. We are concerned to see the inroads pornography had made in the United States while we were away. For many years, our church leaders have warned against the dangers of, of images and words intended to arouse sexual desires. Now... The corrupting influence of pornography produced and disseminated for commercial gain is sweeping over our society like an avalanche of evil. To destroy the family, the first step is the destroying of the father and patriarch. The easiest way to destroy the patriarch is to force the spirit to withdraw, and he will be left on his own to be sifted as wheat by Satan and those who follow him, both seen and unseen. Now, I want to pause there for a second. 
our prophet has told us in, in conference and really talked to us on, on many occasions about the power of priesthood power in the home. Right now, brethren, I want you to really be paying attention to this because we have a duty to bless our families with the priesthood of God. Right? Remember, the priesthood of God is the power of God delegated to man. We have a have a, a priesthood responsibility to give that power to them, right? And to protect our families with the power of God through our priesthood. We can only do that if we have pure hands and clean hearts. Think about that. If your family needs you, if your son or your daughter needs your priesthood to help them through a difficult time, to save their life, whatever it may be, okay? Are you going to be ready? Are you going to be clean and pure before the Lord? Are you going to be able to step up to the plate and rise to the occasion and bless your family and bring them back to the Savior, right? Provide them that power of God that they so desperately need in their lives. The Lord teaches that there is one lesson that we must learn. Turn to Doctrine and Covenants 121, 34 through 37. We've heard this over and over and over again, but I want you to listen with new ears, right? Really let the Spirit talk to you and teach you how you can better align yourself with the scripture. Behold, there are many called, but few are chosen. And why are they not chosen? I want you to think about this. This is really important, okay? And, and think about this in terms of wanting to lead in the Lord's battalion, right? Wanting to really be of great service, right? Many are called, but few are chosen. Why? Because their hearts are set so much upon the things of this world and aspire to the honors of men that they do not learn this one lesson. Now remember, this all kinds of goes in line. For us to learn this next lesson, we must change our hearts, right? We must change our hearts from being set upon the things of the world, and we must change them to be set upon the things of God. How are you doing that? Think about that. Let the Spirit talk to you how you can better align your hearts to focus on the things of God more in your life and less upon the world, okay? Think about that. So learn this one lesson, that, by, that the rights of the priesthood are inseparably connected with the powers of heaven and that the powers of heaven cannot be controlled nor handled only upon the principles of righteousness. Your priesthood only is operable through righteousness. We must learn to hear the word of Lord, the Lord to us through our the light of Christ, which is our conscience and the Holy Ghost. And we must learn to obey, pray, to have a heart to hear and obey, right? So that we can become pure and worthy and righteous so that we can use our priesthood to bless the lives of our family, our friends, and whoever the Lord may ask you to bless with your priesthood. 37, that they may be conferred upon us, it is true, 
But when we undertake to cover our sins, are you trying to cover your sins right now? Think about that. Do you need to go and confess to someone? Do you need to talk to your bishop, right? Do you need to go apologize to your wife, <laughs> right? Are you covering your sins? Or to gratify our pride. This is a big one. We could spend a whole podcast on gratifying our pride and ways we do that here today. But be, take a moment and think about it. How are you gratifying your pride in your life? Going on, our vain ambition or to exercise control or dominion or compulsion upon the souls of the children of men. Here's the key. In any degree of unrighteousness, any degree of unrighteousness. Now, this, is, this comes into play even when we are harsh to our children, right? We need to be better at how we do, and me, me, most importantly, need to do be better about how we treat my children and your children, right? So that we can become even more like the Savior and have more pure hands, more clean hearts, and be even more righteous so that we can wield the priesthood of God more effectively, okay? So it goes on. So it says, in any degree of unrighteousness, behold, the heavens withdraw themselves. The spirit of the Lord is grieved. And when it is withdrawn, amen to the priesthood or the authority of that man. I remember, remember a time when I was first married. And me and my wife were, were you know, going to church. We were, we were getting our lives back in order. And I was going with the missionaries doing, doing exchanges or splits or whatever they're called now. Anyway, and I was going, and I remember teaching this family. I loved it. I was just, I loved teaching this family. And I went every time with them, and I just, I tried to bring my love of the scriptures, my love of the gospel in a, in a tangible way that they could see it, they could feel it. And, and they ended up getting uh, baptized. And it was, it was so awesome. And then a year later, when he was going to be getting the priesthood, he asked if I would give that, um, uh, uh, ordain him to the priesthood. I regret to say that I didn't feel that I was worthy to be able to do that. And that has haunted me my entire life. Don't allow, don't have a situation like that ever come up in your life. It's not something you want to live with. Instead, imagine going and giving the priesthood, ordaining him to the priesthood, right? Don't allow a, something that has happened in your life. Uh, first of all, don't let it let it change, affect you, right? Stop, change, like, and, and, and correct your, your course. But, but let's not even have that to begin with, right? It's, it's so important that we really conduct ourselves in a way that we can act. When the Lord asks, we can act. We can, we can we take action, and we're there. Right? Remember, we're part, a leader in the Lord's battalion, not just on the sidelines, right? But we're a leader. We're not, we're not on, the, on the edges looking, should I run, should I fight? No, we're there, we're fighting. We are saying, Lord, how can, how can I be of service for you today? 
And, and here in Arizona, the prophet asked us that, to pray every day. How can we gather scattered Israel? Are you doing that? And if you're not in Arizona, start, <laughs> right? How can we gather scattered Israel every day? And Utdorf in conference asked us to pray every day for missionary experiences. How can we better um, teach the gospel and open our mouths and be a light unto our, our fellow men? All right, continuing. We have been counseled over and over again to avoid pornography in all of its forms and to install internet filters on our computers at home and at work. This is back in 2005, remember? So President Riggs, our stake president at the time, uh, told of a training he attended for stake presidents where the general authorities speaking asked to raise their hands if they had an internet filter on their home computer. Only a few hands were raised and then he counseled that everyone in that room to go home and put a filter on their computers. President Riggs then said that if we as stake presidents needed one, that we as members of the stake needed one as well. But that was pretty, pretty powerful. Things have changed a lot, right? We don't even own a computer. Well, we do own a computer, but it, we can't find the charge cable. So, <laughs> so we practically don't own a computer anymore. Uh, but everything's on our phones nowadays. You know, one thing that my wife has done, which I just am so happy for, is Every single night, our kids can't charge their phones in their, their, their rooms. They have to charge them in our rooms, in our, in our room. And uh, every night, she goes and she reads their texts and looks to see what, what they're doing on their phones. You know, and so it's a really good practice to, to get in. She's very much more involved in their lives. But also, we're, she's able to, to correct things if there's, if there's a, something that's, uh, that's not right. You know, she has the opportunity to correct them. So... Really look at ways to be able to be creative in building this spiritual fortification. Okay. The anti-Nephi-Lehi's, or the people of Ammon, buried their weapons of war. And why did they bury them? Let's look at the covenant that they made when they buried their weapons. And I just love the anti-Nephi-Lehi's. And I love this covenant. I want you to listen intently to this covenant. It is so powerful. This is in Alma 24, 18. And this they did, it being in their view, a testimony to God and also to men that they never would use weapons again for the shedding of man's blood. And this they did, vouching and covenanting with God that rather than shed the blood of their brethren, they would give up their own lives And rather than take away from a brother, they would give unto him. And rather than spend their days in idleness, they would labor abundantly with their hands. There's so much. There's so much here. But I think it's important for us to dissect that in our lives. And we'll do that here in a little bit, a little more, more specifically. But hopefully you heard that with, with new ears today. And that you recommitted yourself to be better and to do better in your life because we need to take that covenant on to our own selves. From their own account, we see that the hiding of their swords in the ground was a testimony to God. They were not buried to make it impossible to get a weapon and to break the covenant that they had made. So if it was, if it was simple, simply a testimony 
then why would they bury them? Why not just put them in the closet or under a bed? I believe that this was done to reduce the temptation of evil, thus strengthening their testimony. One could go to a neighboring village and get a weapon. One could dig up the weapons. Again, they were not buried. To, they, they were buried to reduce the temptation of evil. <clears throat> Again, <clears throat> that's that's kind of like my wife, right? <clears throat> we have our kids charge the phones in our room to reduce the temptation of evil. Also, they they know that she's reading their texts. She's going through their phones to reduce the temptation of evil. We too must reduce the temptation of evil by installing internet filters on our home and our work computers. And also, I would add to that, create steps and plans like, like that, well, not, not having them in the rooms. We don't let them you know, have their phones in the rooms at all. They have to be outside you know, in the house with their phones as well. We also can, just like the people of Ammon did, and view this as a testimony to God and also to men that we would never use the internet for evil. <clears throat> I think this is an important piece here. Chill, this goes for the children as well, <clears throat> all the adults, whatever. If there are filters or, or uh, things in place, policies in place, like not using your phone in your room, like you know charging it in mom and dad's room, don't look at it as this, do, don't do it grudgingly. <laughs> Right? <clears throat> Do it as a testimony to God that you will not use your phone for evil. Right? Make that switch. Make that. It, it, it's, it's, first of all, it's easier. <laughs> right? If, if, we're, if we're happily doing something. But also it puts our intent in the right place. <clears throat> right? So do it as a testimony to God just like the people of, of Antonifi Lehi did. Okay? <clears throat> One more thing I want to point out here too. This is going in pretty pretty uh, deep, but in the Doctrine and Covenants, it taught, where we're told that um, in the millennium, we will all receive our own personal uh, seer stones, right? A white stone, a white seer stone. And I think it's interesting because here we have our phones, right? Our white screens when they're turned on, right? Our white, white phones. And we need to, uh, it's almost like we're the Lord's preparing us for our white stones, right? Think about it. A seer stone can only be used righteously. You can only look in that and, and, and use that seer stone if you're righteous. Okay, it won't work for you if you are evil, <laughs> right? And if you look into it with the wrong intent, it, it condemns you, <laughs> right? And so Let's let's look at that. Let's let's kind of draw a little comparison here to our phones, right? How will you, how do you use your phone? Do you use it righteously, or do you look upon it with other intents, right? Not righteous intent. So think about that, right? If you if we want to prove to the Lord that we're ready to live a celestialized life, and we're ready to be part of the millennium, we're ready to be part of Zion, we're ready for our 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 white seer stone, right? Let's show him how we're ready we are through how we use our phones and our technology. A little interesting thing to think about. Okay, back to the talk. Let me give you the reward of the people of Ammon or Antony Felihais 
that they received for their reducing the temptation of evil in all aspects of their lives. This is in Alma 23, 6. And as sure as the Lord liveth, which the, there's no other surety, right? <laughs> so absolute positivity. So sure as many as believed or as many as were brought to the knowledge of the truth through the preaching of Ammon and his brethren, according to the spirit of revelation and of prophecy and the power of God working miracles in them, yea, I say unto you, as the Lord liveth, as many of the Lamanites as believed in their preaching and were converted unto the Lord, never did fall away, right? Those that were converted never did fall away. There's a power in there, right? There's a power in fortifying our spirits, both physically and spiritually. There's a power there because as we do that, as we reduce the temptation of evil in our life and create those spiritual fortifications, we are strengthened and therefore we can rise to that same covenant and same promise that we too can never fall away. All right, let's look at again at the covenants that the people of Ammon made. One, they never would use their weapons again for the shedding of man's blood. Now for us, never use our technology for evil. Never, never. Only use it to uphold and build and strengthen your testimony and the kingdom of God on earth. Second, they rather than that rather than shed the blood of their brethren, they would give up their own lives. I mean, it's amazing, right? Let us live unto God. Let us be willing to always sacrifice for those that we encounter. Rather, third, rather than take away from a brother, they would give unto him. Right? How can you better serve your families, your community, your church? Right? How can you better serve those around you? And then fourth and lastly, rather than spend their days in idleness, they would labor abundantly with their hands. What is something you are doing idly? Right? Maybe you're watching a little bit too much Netflix or whatever it may be. What can you do to sacrifice a little bit more time to the Lord? Think about that. All right, continuing. The whole reason that the covenants were made was that they could have the gifts, the gift of the Holy Ghost with them at all times. With the Spirit, there is nothing they could not do, and knowledge was given to their minds. We, too, want nothing more than the Spirit in our lives. Right? Nothing more than the Spirit in our lives. Moroni undoubtedly used to meet with his uh, used to meet with his chief officers regularly to ensure that the fortification they had built physically and spiritually was not compromised and that the spirituality of his leaders was focused on Christ we too must check our spiritual and physical fortifications and ensure that we and our families are centered on Christ and make any tiny adjustments we need to make regularly right this is done by renewing our vision of who we are to become and then reevaluating our plan of fortification. As we draw closer to our Savior and as our vision is put in alignment with His, we will draw closer to He will draw closer to us, and His power and love will rest upon us. I bear my testimony. This is my testimony back in 2005, and I, I, I again, it holds here today. I bear you my testimony that with the Lord 
as our guide, we can align our vision with his and our plan of fortification will help us become that polished instrument in his hands. I know that this gospel is true and that the, the choice of salvation is ours and that choice must be managed from day to day. I am overwhelmed and find great comfort in the words of Joseph Smith. By the way, this is my favorite quote of all time. The nearer man approaches perfection, the clearer are his views and the greater his enjoyments till he has overcome the evils of his life and lost every desire for sin. And like the ancients, arrives at that point of faith where he is wrapped in the power and glory of his maker and is caught up to dwell with him. Just, that is so powerful. Uh, rewind it, listen to it again. Actually, I'm gonna read it again, actually, be a matter of fact, because it's so powerful. The nearer man approaches perfection, the clearer are his views and the greater his enjoyments till he has overcome the evils of his life and lost every desire for sin and like the ancients, arrives at that point of faith where he is wrapped in the power and glory of his maker and is caught up to dwell with him. And I leave this testimony with you in the name of our Savior, even Jesus Christ, amen.